to another episode of Rants After Dark. I'm your host, Brandon A. Lane, and joining me tonight is sometimes drunk, always fat, the boozerweight champion of podcasting. You know him, you love him, Fat Tony. I don't know whether to be excited to be here or not, but I'm here. Woo! All right, we'll save our revelry for yes. positively or negatively as we continue on. Tonight, we're going to be watching the most feel-good romantic comedy of all time, Lars von Trier's Antichrist. <laughs> yes. This has been a long time coming, and we're going to elaborate that considerably uh, as to why we're doing this episode when we continue into the movie. Uh, we invite all of you out there in the Rant Army to pop in your DVD, Blu-ray, VHS, Laserdisc, or digital copy. You're going to pause the movie right before the IFC logo comes up on your screen. Then you're gonna we're going to do a countdown from yeah. three, and when we see hit play... You're going to do what? Hit play. Exactly. Just remember, you don't have to watch the movie with us. You get to watch the movie with us. It's on Tubi. It's free, but have fun with that. Maybe don't watch this. Maybe don't. Maybe don't this time. We're going to be good enough, but you know, if you're cool, you will. All right. All right. We're going to hit the ground running, guys. When I say hit play, you're going to hit play. Three, two, one. Play. Okay. We're gonna... I'm so scared! I am, I am no joke, a little trepidatious about this. Directed by Lars von Trier. These, these opening credits are, uh, they're very representative of the dark nature of the film we're about to endure. It's such a well-done movie for it, what it is. Do you think that it was intentional to have the uh, title credits be somewhat childlike? Because this yes, a hundred percent. This man does not do anything randomly. Even when he makes a movie about a bunch of people pretending to be mentally handicapped and fucking, every shot is intentional. Oh look, Willem Dafoe. This is a real movie. This 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 is safe. Okay, nothing bad can happen. I, I want to give a little a bit of the backstory. Number one, why we're doing this. This is the only movie I have ever seen that has, in my adult life, that has affected me in a long term manner beyond like you know boo jump scared kind of stuff. The cinematography of this movie Gorgeous. is is fantastic. Um, when I was working at the Mountain Press, you know, a newspaper we were getting screener copies of movies. And it was one of those things where I had specifically signed up because I wanted to get free movies sent to me. And this weekend, oh, by the way, tell them what's going on here. There is a penis fucking a vagina right now, and they had to hire a stunt cock, a very impressive stunt cock, because Willem Dafoe's dick was too big, and Lars von Trier thought it would be distracting to audiences. That's that's not him making that up. No. That is 100% true. His penis was so abnormally large that they thought it would be distracting. The man that made this movie is like, no, that's too far. The audience won't buy that. I mean, this is the 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 contrast. This is it's just beautifully shot. And the weekend that I got this movie, I also got House of the Devil. I got Black Dynamite. I got I Sell the Dead. 
And yeah, I don't think I've seen I Sell the Dead, but so far this sounds like a great weekend it, except for this. It was until I saw this. <laughs> Did you say this for last? Um, I think this was, may- I watched this maybe second, and thank God for Black Dynamite because I would have been... Coming in clutch. No joke, this is the only movie Brandon's ever said. I'm not trying to challenge you, dude. I'm, ju- I'm being serious. Don't ever watch Antichrist. Oh, hey, look, there's a little kid. Nothing bad can happen here. He's just playing with toys and having a good old time. But no, Brandon legitimately said we were eating at that Chinese restaurant in the Morristown Mall. He's like, I'm not playing with you, dude. Don't watch this movie. This isn't a challenge. I know you could watch it, but don't. Do yourself a favor and don't. So, of course, I immediately did. I should have listened to Brandon. You know, we grew up in the prime of exploitation cinema when it was, you know, things just permeating on VHS. And I thought I my ceiling for being shocked was was shattered long Lars ago. Von Trier smacked you in the mouth and said, "Fuck you, bitch." And he he he, he we learned today. There's so much of this that I could uh, I could say that is like shocking because of. I need to point out for later. The kid just opened a safety gate. Oh, how's that? Why is that? It's because the. The our our two characters basically there's three characters in this movie and one of them meets his bitter end almost immediately. But our two characters are engaged in original sin, which is definitely a thematic uh, note of this movie that's going to carry through during the entire thing. But this child left unattended is going to beautifully fall to his demise. This kid, like this, is the Lars von Trier movie. So like. Part of me, before you watch the whole movie and get it, like, maybe the kid intended to kill himself. He's scooting up a chair. He's clearing off the table. Like, this window is open. Dad's dick is so distractingly big, I have to end it all. Maybe maybe, the, maybe <laughs> what they're going for here is that, like, because this is a stunt cock, this child is unworthy of, of the actual child that we birthed from the yes. penis of Willem Dafoe. This uh, here, this it's, it's an overhead shot. The kids out on the ledge, snow falling. Things slow down. Hey, Mister Teddy Bear. Jesus is calling us. Oh my God! So it's so bad. This is the and this is the first time I have seen this movie since I watched it because I have had. Oh my God! This kid's fucking following in slow motion, beautifully, mind you. I'd say to his that death. shot right there, right up front, Lars von Trier snatched the kid off the ledge in well, super slow mo just to fuck with him. Look at it because the oh. child is falling to his death in the Calmly, moment where serene. where Charlotte Gainsbourg and Willem Dafoe have ecstasy upon their face, where this is the point of the point in which they potentially could create life. Is the point where the the life they have created is dying. So beautiful and horrible. I'm. Uh, I, I know what it was. This is intentional suicide from this kid. <laughs> like not being a he is like I can never live up to daddy's fucksmanship. And we're having to. Oh make, God! It's like the, oh Jesus God, the Christ. Christ. <laughs> like, and, I, in preparation, I did not rewatch this movie. It is on Tubi. But I showed my wife the opening scene. It's the only time she's ever said, well, one of your movie facts blew my mind when I told her about the Willem Dafoe stunt cop. We watched right up to here, and she's like, okay, that's enough. You can turn that off. I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, so broadly, let's discuss what's going on right here. There is a moment where Charlotte Gainsbourg 
sees what's going on. And the implication being is that her physical pleasure is more important than her child. Chapter one, grief. Sorry. This entire movie is is grief. grief. Um, God, the cast. Anyway, yes, she sees the child for physical. But in her defense, she's fucking Willem Dafoe. I mean... You gotta sacrifice a kid. You gotta sacrifice. Star of Speed Two, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> when when you can when you can land a, a, a fuck like that, your your child is secondary. You're like, I'll just make another one with the magnificent cock that is yes. the star of Speed Two, Cruise uh, Control. A movie I love that, that that's uh, the movie you pulled. Um, a movie that, that even Keanu, Streets of Fire, even man. even Keanu Reeves would not come back for. They they were like, you know what? I'll do Speed 1, because Dennis Hopper's in that movie, but I'm not going to come back for the sequel. The nicest sequel. man on earth said no to your sequel. That's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, um, so after you watched it for the first time, and how long did this movie stay with you? Okay, this was a period in time when, except for you and Brent, all my friends were women, like Amy Hopkins, Andrea, all these people. I didn't want to be around a woman for a week. This movie has a misogyny coat, like a consultant. It's made to make you hate women. It is, but at the same time, we're, we're, like, we're, we're, we're going into it. We're, we're, we could never enter Lars von Trier's headspace. We're going to get into that, but at the same time, Lars von Trier says this is a feminist movie. It, yes, <laughs> and and I think that's coming for, like from the most strictly extreme version of that, where it's like we're going to kill God. Woman is God, and whatever you decide is law. A woman is Antichrist, the anti God. It's it's a whole thing. This movie is so dark and wonderfully acted. Like I can't, what's I can't remember her name. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Charlotte Gainsbourg is is amazing. I watched the movie *Nymphomania*, where she gives herself a home abortion in the director's cut, and was still less affected than this movie. I have seen the entirety. No, not the entirety, but almost all of Lars von Trier's movies, and this is the only. They're all disturbing. They're in, all bad in in different ways, but this is the only one that has stayed with me. I watched this movie, and I remember going into work the next day because I watched this on maybe a Friday or a Saturday. I think I went in on Sunday, and there was a woman. Her name's Jama Blazer. She was my editor at the time, and I remember her like um, getting onto me because there was my job was I was a copy editor and I did graphic design and stuff. So I laid the the stories out on the newspaper. And I remember thinking, like, you bitch, you don't tell me what to do. And I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> have I been, have I, is the seed of misogyny been planted inside of me where I hate women this much, where I have to be, uh, I mean, I made the mistake, but I took it out on her. So th- there is, there is a point of, uh, where I felt genuinely negative towards women. And I you remember. put his sickness in you. Th- yes, just like Dennis Hopper, <laughs> yes. who, uh, um, who thankfully his character died and could not come back for speed to cruise control. But, <laughs> but, but the thing is, I genuinely could not talk to my mother for maybe a few days. I, I had, I was, I felt so gross after watching this and it wasn't was I was like conscious, like, Oh, women are evil. I just felt like, is this, is this like, is there any part of this that's true that women have this like is the original sin, you know, that Eve started in the the Garden of Eden? Is there is there a, a nugget of truth to this? So 
let's get into that. You went to church school. I did not. If you could briefly talk about the uh, Genesis, the the Garden of Eden, and where this movie is taking sort of a the opposite. Oh God. Okay, in the in the book, uh, the the fiction book of Genesis, Eve is tempted by a snake to eat from the one thing that, that God, the patriarchy. The, the, this the, the snake may or may not be the devil, depending on what sect of religion. Yes, you, uh, that's true. You uh, subscribe to. Um, I think he's Lucifer, the light bringer, the bringer of truth. <laughs> but that's just me, hell, Satan. You know, she eats the apple. But the ultimate from sin, the tree of from good the knowledge. tree of knowledge of good and evil, but then she tempts Adam. She corrupts the perfect man, you know, the first perfect man, into also following her down this path of sinfulness and defiance of God. So this movie, the religious symbolism is very heavy handed. But again, like it, it is heavy handed. But at the same time, like I don't, it's not heavy handed in the way that I think that like the movie Mother was. Did you ever yeah, see Mother? yeah, I've seen Mother. Mother, which is like doing the whole like okay, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character is literally Mother Earth, and uh, all of the shit that like is imposed upon her, we're destroying the environment and blah 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 wacky blah blah. Wacky feel good comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not quite on this level of of wacky comedy, <laughs> yeah. but but it's but it's up there, and you know as far as like mainstream movies released wide in theaters it's a uh, pretty pretty graphic however um before we get going i know we've already gotten going yeah. but read the synopsis for this movie okay and we'll talk about like what is going on as we lead uh from the the death of this child into them moving into a secluded area for uh psychological reasons you know what? A, a husband should not treat his wife. I will say this. The, it's originally his fault, too, here. Anyway, Lars von Trier. Hold on. I've got to take off my glasses. The type is so small here. I don't think I can read it with. Lars von Trier shook up the film world when he premiered Antichrist at the 2009 Cannes Film Festival in this graphic psychodrama, grief-stricken man and woman, uh, searing Willem Dafoe uh, and... Con Best Actress winner Charlotte Gainsbourg retreat to their cabin deep in the woods after the accidental death of their infant son, who's a toddler, not an infant, but anyway, only to find terror and violence at the hands of nature and ultimately each other. But the most confrontational work yet from one of contemporary cinema's most controversial artists is no, no mere provocation. It is visually sublime, emotionally ravaging journey to the darkest corners of the possessed human mind, a disturbing battle of the sexes that pits rational psychology against age-old superstition and profoundly effective horror film. And a perfect. Okay. Yeah, the type's very small in his room's dim. I apologize, people. Okay. okay. Uh, well, for one, uh, as he was giving that synopsis, we saw Charlotte Gainsbourg pour her medication down the toilet um, which uh, this is this is her prescribing one hundred percent to the tenets of the only true religion, Scientology. Which, <laughs> which psychological <laughs> psychology is the enemy number one of the of that Scientology. Listen, listen, Matt Lauer, you're being glib. Okay, I know more about this than you do. <laughs> Tom Cruise had an executive producer credit. Fuck in you, this movie. fuck you, Tom fuck Cruise. You, I still haven't watched Top Gun, even though I've been told so many times it's a good movie. All right. Okay. So, 
there you you alluded to this a little earlier that there was someone who was hired to be a misogynistic uh advisor advisor on this film this movie has been critiqued in like six ways from Sunday like every conceivable direction you could critique this movie it has been tackled upon it has been called misogynistic anti-female it's been called feminist it has been called anti-feminist it's it's been kind of like called everything under the sun so like <coughs> if you had to Sorry. label this movie as anything what would you God. what would you call it anti-human this is just a feel bad movie like I now did it did have like this was after my dad's death that we saw this so I had to take care of my mom she's the only woman and I just did the barest minimum I'd go up I'd you know get her food she had had knee replacement surgery and stuff I take care of her, but that's the only woman I could, I like it literally, and it didn't even sink in. Like, Amy, like, hey, I'm getting off work. You care if I swing by? And I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling good. Like, I literally put friends off. I'm not like, stay away, you evil vagina haver. But like, I found <laughs> ways to avoid contact with my numerous female friends because there is something this movie gets in your fucking. There's a lot of gore, and we'll get to the gore. Not a lot, but the gore that's in it's super effective and super hardcore. That didn't bother me at all. I've been raised on gore my whole life. It's the whole oppressive tone of the movie that just sunk in for like a week. We'll talk more about Lars as when we get we get specifically to him. The thing that has stuck with me about this movie, like you said, it's not the gore. Although the gore is extreme and it is super realistic. Some of the best effects I've ever seen in a movie. Very sexy. Incredibly <laughs> sexy. We'll, we'll, get to we'll get to it when it happens on screen. This movie has a philosophy that I think affected me more than the aesthetic of it. Okay, the aesthetic is a part of it because it's, it's shot beautifully. The yes. cinematography is gorgeous. And it's the juxtaposition between something that is so absolutely horrible, shot so beautifully... That it almost, it's like mentally they're trying to trick you into enjoying something awful. And then your natural response is to feel horrible because you have felt awful at something happening. But then when you examine like, well, why did I feel awful? But then you resign yourself to the beauty of the moment. It, it's it. The movie has a philosophy of damnation and... Uh, and mental, you know, atrocities that it's trying to commit upon you. And I think that's the strength of this movie. So I'm going to ask you a question and let me, let me preface this a little bit before, before we get into it. We watch a lot of schlock on, on this show. We have from the very beginning. Um, I'm sorry. Hard Rock Zombies is a masterpiece. You go to hell. I, 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 I totally agree with you. But there, there are movies that are so bad that they're good. There's a thing called artistic intention where, where it does not... The idea being is that your intention for a movie, like if it carries out perfectly to the letter of the director or you know the, the vision behind it, that was the way that they wanted it to play out. And then you have movies that are so bad that they're good like Troll 2 or Hard Rock Zombies, Steel Justice, one of my all-time favorite bad oh, action right. movies. The room, the the, the uh, masterpiece the, of that exactly, idea. Exactly, where 
it does not matter. The idea is that the idea doesn't matter about the the artistic intent. They have either intentionally or unintentionally created a film that is enjoyable, and whether it was supposed to be a drama like The Room, but it ended up being a <laughs> the greatest comedy the greatest ever. comedy ever made. What does it matter? You've you've stumbled across something. So art. Uh, the idea is that artistic intention is irrelevant. I'm going to pose a question to you, and I want to get your your feeling on it. Okay. This is not a movie that's so bad it's good. This is a movie that is so good that it's bad. The intention is not to create a movie that you're going to be offended by. It, the intention is to create a movie that you're going to be so offended by that you can't continue to watch it. You, you want to turn it off. Yes. And is that good or is that bad? This is one of two movies I can think of in life that actively hates its audience. It's this and the movie Funny Games. Either one, Funny Games hates you for watching it, and it it's more blatant that it's only made for you to watch it and it to say you're a piece of shit for watching it. This movie hate Lars von Trier, I think, at in his mental space where he was at at the time, he wanted to make a movie that punished you and punished humanity by existing. I'm not even... This sounds like I'm making a joke. No, this movie is... Like, he had something to say, and you're absolutely right. It's so good, it's bad. This is a 100% achievement of his artistic, uh, what'd you call it? Um, <laughs> I don't know, what did I say? <laughs> uh, like, what, his, his achievement, like, what he meant to do, he did. His his, his intent. Artistic was, intent. Artistic intent. Yes. yes, he absolutely 100% fulfilled it. So To the detriment of us all. The plot of this movie... Um, subscribes the idea that Willem Dafoe's character is a is he a psychologist? Psychologist or a psychiatrist? Psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Sorry, he's one or the other, and that's and that's beside the point. But his it's wife, dick God, his d- dick God, yes, yeah. dick God, DDS. <laughs> um, but his uh, his his profession is that he's a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It doesn't matter, but he. He cannot treat his wife per the Hippocratic oath. Yeah, or yeah, it's but, just not right. It's there's the yeah. But the he agrees to this because she's pushy about it, and he's like, okay, well, we're going to have boundaries. We're going to serve. Basically, at this point, I will be your doctor. I will not be your husband. And throughout the course of this movie, original sin, she uses basically sex as a weapon against her husband. Where I mean, they're showing her ass right now. He must stop, and he can't. <laughs> he can't resist it because you know his enormous penis is engorged with so much blood that he has no blood in his brain to think rationally about this. Well, no, and he, he, like he's trying to qual her right he, now. He's like, "Hey, you never screw your therapist. Do the breathing exercise." But this goes back to the whole philosophy of of the movie, where the female character is so intent on doing the worst possible situation to get past this Well, she's the awfulness. snake in the Garden of Eden. She's the temp- temp- temptation. Ugh, it's just all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. Why'd you do this to me, Brandon? <laughs> like, right now I'm buzzed. I'm going to ask Brandon real quickly. we got to do our third shot. We're gonna we, do do our, uh, we do a customary three shots to Lemmy Dio and Odin. We're going to do our third shot to Brandon. Odin. Please, G- please, I'm sorry. Please, Odin, allow us to get through this without... Uh, 
prescribing to the tenants. I don't want to go enti- home and hit my wife. Yeah, let's let's allow this to have female friends, colleagues, lovers in our lives. We love y'all. We want to uh, have a a civil union of discourse and and love that does not prescribe in physical violence and misogyny. Says to me, Odin. To Odin. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and hit my stepdaughter and her girlfriend. <laughs> it just, the seed is in you. It's it, you can't escape. Well, they're it. not trying to procreate, so they they might get a pass from me. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so Antichrist is hugely polarizing. So I so I thought thought this would be a great idea for people who have not prescribed to this, who've not seen this movie, or don't know a lot about it. Um, I want to give you some reviews on this movie. Oh, I'm excited. And I have a positive one and I have a negative one. <laughs> just to show you how wide the gap is. The first review comes from John Waters. And he had this to say, If Ingmar Bergman had committed suicide, gone to hell, and came back to Earth to direct an exploitation-slash-art <laughs> film for drive-ins, Antichrist is the movie he would have made. Oh, God. I, I was about to be upset. I was about to say, anybody giving this movie a positive review is a bad guy, but John Waters is a saint, and that's the best review this movie could ever have. All right, here's the negative one. Okay. And it's definitely high praise from somebody who understands exploitation <sighs> yes. films. Um, but this is just from a plain Jane average uh, critic. His, his name is Tom Long. He's from the tr- Detroit News. Self-loathing, mean, ugly, and perfectly made. Antichrist is be- is probably the best film ever that you'll recommend to absolutely no one. Honestly, I think that's the best of the two. Yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. That is the weird line I have walked for. How? When, when did I see this movie? Did it? It had to have been. It was probably right after my dad died, so around two thousand ten, like thirteen years at least. So it is set with me this entire time. By the way. That's Willem Dafoe's ass. Uh, yeah. that's, not a, that's a nice ass, Willem. Good job, buddy. Now show us that hog. The I have to say that they kept this He movie. broke his rule like immediately, like second day. He ended up fucking his patient. He he's human and he I mean we the, the beast had to feed is what it stupidest was. Stupidest thing I could do. He literally just said the stupidest thing I could do. So I agree with the the sentiment of that. That this is both the best and the worst movie. Perfectly made that, movie you'll recommend to no you one. You can't recommend it to anybody. And when I have recommended this movie to somebody, it has been to the like the tippy top of somebody who said, nothing scares me. And I'm like, well, this movie might not scare you, but if you want something that's going to affect you, I think this might be a movie you want to check out um watch it with the lights on and uh without your spouse because if you watch this with your spouse you're probably going to end up hate fucking one one another and then getting divorced two days later i don't i don't understand how like anybody can watch this movie together in a loving committed relationship and coming coming out of it in a positive regard i'm glad my wife works tonight she goes into work tonight at eight and i'm buzzed right now and i have seen it so it's Again, I haven't seen it since I watched it the first time. No, I might have watched it one time before this with somebody who's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's a fucked up movie. But I didn't pay attention to it. I played it and I like cooked dinner and shit. Yeah, uh, Kai. Pretty sure I did it with Kai. 
uh, the girl's friend. Um, anyway, but I didn't pay attention. This without alcohol, I wouldn't be doing. Even this right way. now, we're we're still like only halfway paying attention. I think that's the only way we're getting through this. It's really, and it's still <laughs> like creeping because he's got the 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 subtitles on and. Uh, anyway. So basically, they're dis- they're discussing right now. Like, we need to go away. We need to get out of our house. We need to set firm boundaries of like, you are my patient. Uh, I am your doctor. We're in a neutral location, and stop trying to get up on this enormous, abnormally sized penis. You wench I mean, who, who wants human. to drain my. They're going to Eden. Oh uh, well, there's your obvious. Yeah, that's not even subtext. That's just text. That's text. <laughs> So this movie was released May 18th, 2009 at the Cannes Film Festival. It was uh, filmed on an estimated budget of $11 million. North American uh, opening, it made $71,397. Its total North American gross, it made $404,122. Its world worldwide gross, $7,413,863. So this was a unequivocal bomb. However, I'm going to say that there are a lot of companies out there who will use a movie like this as what's called a loss leader. They want a prestige film that's going to get a lot of attention, good or bad, to kind of put their their uh, company in the good standing where it'll get played at like Cannes or North by Northwest. Sorry, she just bit his titty. I had to point that out. That's when she like bit his nipple. If he were a real man, he could have took taken that. <laughs> you you bitch, Willem Dafoe. This is why he has everything that happens. It's by the way, in this scene right here we're watching, it's just like a, there's a bunch of like subliminal images of yeah, a woman like, screaming as the camera pans past this foliage. Yes. It's uh, it's it's very similar to uh, what William Freakin did in the um, Exorcist, the you know, the uh, version you ever seen of the yeah. Exorcist, where they added in all those scenes that weren't necessary to the movie. What do you think the IMDb rating of this movie is? Out of what? Out of ten. Oh God! If it's more than four point two, somebody's fucking evil. Six point five. Oh, you're all bad and wrong. Ooh. I mean, I understand. Again, like we said, it's the perfect. It's a amazingly great, perfectly well done movie. But to give it a good review is to betray your viewers or whatever. <sighs> That's honestly fine. Man, I mean, I mean, if I had to rate it, I probably would rate it maybe even a little higher than that. But I would feel bad about it's doing a ten it. out of ten. If you hate the world. <laughs> I mean, for, strictly from, if you look at this movie, like if you were to take this movie completely out of context, no subtitles, no audio, and just watch it from a visual it's standpoint, appealing. it's it's probably a nine. It, it's it really one, is, It's honestly. one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. A lot of natural lighting and that opening scene where the child falls to his death, shot in slow motion. Super you, hilarious. It, it, yes. It. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost, it's, ba- it's the realistic version of the movie ba- Baby's Day Out. <laughs> The, the movie that killed John Hughes' career. Ah, um, real quickly, does Metacritic have it super high? Do you have Metacritic? I will get to that in just a oh, moment. Okay. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is? Probably like 73. 54%. That's, I mean, honestly, I, again, I can't recommend giving this a good review only out of conscience. I, I'm Un, unattached, yes. I'm, this is like a 70, 80. I invite you to go and read the the reviews, both by critics and by the audience, on Rotten Tomatoes, 
because they're all basically the same. It's just it's just the point of view is like this movie is too effective. This movie is uh, they they're all basically even the in the positives and the negatives. Even the bad ones say, "Yeah, this is a great, well done movie," but why? Exactly. What do you think the audience score is? Let's see, fifty versus thirty-six. Fifty-five percent. Right at it. Hmm. Yeah, th- this didn't have a ton of reviews. There were maybe a hundred, and they were kind of split down the middle. But they all read about the same. I bet Scott would fucking love it. We'll talk about Scott in just a minute. <laughs> So, Metacritic, which you just asked for, 49%. Okay. That's, again, a broken clock's right every, you know, twice a day. Um, If you're talking about normal people, just general, common clave, people who are going to watch this and not get the symbolism aspect of it and are not interested in the uh, the so. philosophical aspects... That's probably an accurate description. Yeah. That's probably the only time I'm ever going to say positively about Metacritic. However, Google users, the one we usually tend to oh, agree God. with the most, what do you think they have it at? 73. 72%. Hell yeah, that's that's good. Because they're overly positive sometimes. But yeah, the trunk is thick. She's she's in the forest. It, cent- she rots so center, slowly. Center frame. Center frame. You have uh, you know an old you know, dying tree. Drying tree. And um, it's obvious that that's about Willem Dafoe's penis. And it's, it's still smaller than his. <laughs> so the only review that actually matters to us is the Rant Army review, where I gave you in the Facebook group two options, Antichrist good, Antichrist bad. What do you think our listening audience gave this movie? 80%. 90%. Well, the, there, there's the, some good, decent, fucked up people. The only person who gave this movie a negative review was Scott. And I'm going to give Scott... I'll give him credit I'm for that. Give, I'm going to give him credit for that. And I don't know that he's ever even watched this movie. Just, but, but I know, about it. But I know that I have told him both positive and negative about this. Because the only, the only person I have ever recommended seeing this movie to was not him, but his wife, Bree. Why would you do that? And the reason I said this is because she was like, I cannot be shocked. And I'm oh, like, okay, okay, like, okay. And I don't know that they ever watched it. And I will say this. The few women I know that have seen this movie are not shocked. They're by not. It. They're like, yeah. And I didn't think about that going in. But this is a movie designed to affect almost entirely Men. Yeah, because women naturally don't care if their children die or getting Willem Dafoe cocked. That's that's the normal course of life. <sighs> oh. <laughs> I just saw the Barbie movie. It's just, that's basically this and the Barbie movie have the same subtext. The, the, it's <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, Ken's penis is it doesn't exist. He's plastic. However, let's just be honest. The biggest penis in the existence of man. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records for... It doubles the size of the largest penis on record. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So, okay. So, this movie is directed by Lars von Trier. Uh, We're going to talk about him now. Let's talk about his other movies. Melancholia, Nymphomaniac 1 and 2, The House That Jack Built, Dogville, uh, Kingdom Hospital. Kingdom Hospital. Um, What's the movie with the uh, the, the mentally the, challenged? The sim- oh, fuck, it's the Simpletons or something, basically in Dutch. 
Yeah. All of his movies have some element about them that are Fucked. are shocking or disturbing. Melancholy is the happiest one, and in that, the world ends. It's destroyed by oh, a rogue planet. But it, it, that movie is very misogynist as oh, well. It's very. Because that movie is about a woman <laughs> who, she's basically a bridezilla. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but like a woman who's so obsessed with the details of her wedding that uh, she... It destroys her mind on the day of the wedding. Yeah, she goes into a, a depression, and not a couple hours after having wedded her, her groom, she goes out and she fucks a dude on the greens because they're getting they're getting married on this like this fancy estate and there's like a yes. golf course and like she just fucks this random dude and then she lays topless in the moonlight. He as, gave us Kirsten Dunst tits, so I'll always be appreciative of well, that. Well, I, I was about to say oh. the the same thing. Kirsten Dunst, although I will say not appropriately pretty enough to be MJ in the Spider-Man movies. Oh my god! For, for my for my personal taste, the perfect amount of attractive to see them tits flopping around. So thank you, Lars. You did one good thing in your career. <laughs> it's the only kind thing you've done to a crowd. Okay, so reportedly, when they started filming this movie, Lars spent had just spent two months in a mental hospital. The implication is that Lars has been suffering or has in the past suffered from some form of mental illness, namely depression, anxiety, things of that nature. Does knowing this answer some of the questions of the quote-unquote whys of his work? Yeah, because this is the first of what's called the Depression Trilogy. It's this, uh, Melancholia, and Nymphomaniac 1 and 2, aren't they? Yes. And, yeah. Hmm. Nymphomania... It's it's the funniest trilogy ever made. It really is. Nymphomania, the director's cut part 2, has this same actress here giving herself a home abortion on camera. It's still less upsetting than most anything in this movie. Yeah, like, they could put they could add a laugh track to that, and I would still find it less unsettling than yep. her just laying below a tree, low energy, uh, begging for dick. Because that's, that's basically that's like... That's all she does. The, the, what I've learned about this movie is that you only make a woman happy if you fuck her. That's the only thing. Isn't that fucked up? It's Isn't so fucked, fucked up. up. But it's Willem Dafoe. You only, you only make a woman happy if you give her Willem Dafoe dick. They want that Green Goblin dick. Well, I, I have a painfully average penis, so I don't, I don't, I'm not able to throw D in, in such a uh, no, visceral no manner in no which he is. is. But, you know, he's a, this is the first suit. This is the... This is the first MCU movie. This is the first. This is this is before. This is before Green Goblin. I was gonna say this is before Spider-Man. Uh, no, I was gonna say this is oh. before. Um, no way out. Uh, no, fuck you, okay, goddamn! This is before Iron Man, but it's actually not. This is oh, right after Iron yeah, Man. Right after. But this, but but the, and the timeline. This is the first metahuman whose penis is so large <laughs> that he can satisfy any in woman. the MCU. Like this is the universe that happens in. Yeah, this is this is post No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, where every movie retroactively is a part of the MCU. <laughs> Here's the freak deer with like the vestigial leg. So. <sighs> The filmmaking is amazing because this this camera that they're using this is like a hundred and twenty frames kind of thing. Where or no, it's not a decision. She's giving birth and then runs away giving birth because she's afraid. Because all women don't care about their children. Exactly. To this movie. She just wants to plop that thing out and get plugged again. And get Willem Dafoe. <laughs> 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 
Terrible. Goddamn. He's <laughs> doing so this. Bad. We're this. All right. We're, Chapter two. Pain. Chaos reigns. Yeah, we're we're gonna see it. We're gonna see a fox being eaten to death by just the, the embodiment of death and it's slow so... rot. Chaos reigns. So. I want to talk about uh, the the mindset of Lars von Trier as we continue on. So I have a bunch of quotes, and some oh, of these God. are specific to this movie, and some of them are not. But they they show they kind of pull back the curtain to the the mindset of this human being, and they're fascinating. But I want you to know up front some of the things he's about to say. Fat Tony and I do not prescribe to in no. any way, shape, These or form. These are his for, they are not uh, endorsed by Rants from the Black no. Lodge or any affiliates. But I just want to get your take on them and we'll, we'll discuss them as Be we go afraid. on. Be afraid. Okay. So, all right. First quote. A film should be like a rock in the shoe. No. Sometimes a film should be a comfort. Sometimes a film... Like I said, this man hates his audience. He hates them and disrespects them. And if you like his stuff, I think he hates you more. I can't 100% agree with this or disagree with this because sometimes... Sometimes it should. Sometimes it should make you uncomfortable. Some films should be challenging because you want to, you want to experience something that is outside of the natural life that you exist in. So a rock in your shoe, it's not going to be so painful that you can't endure it, but it's it's enough to make you pay attention to it. So I'm going to f- half in, half out on that statement. I get that. His approach to filmmaking is very caustic. Mm-hmm. It's he, He's definitely not going to make a, a feel-good movie. He's not going to make uh, a remake of, you know, of Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory. And if he did... I want, I'd be first in line. If he did, it would be a lot darker than the movie that we got. You'd right. see all the kids die. <laughs> No, 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 you wouldn't. They would all be raped. Every single <laughs> all one. All the that's why they're there. They're the, and it would be like in the book where <laughs> all the all the Oompa-Loompas are just r- horrible African stereotypes. They're oh, basically black sambos. He would do that. Like a lot, large, we're not we're not being racist. No, Lars. I'm just saying that is the that's the source material and yes. that's the awfulness in which he would project into this. All right, here's the second quote. If his creation is so great, why does God want us on our knees? Oh, God. you got to respect that one. So you can tell that his his outlook, he's not a half... He's not a half glass full kind of guy. He's the half empty. He, yes. he has a pessimistic view of the world. The glass is half empty and it's full of piss. That's a good, that's a good way to describe it. Yes. And, and the thing is, though, that's not... I'm not discrediting his viewpoint because the thing that makes film interesting and endure is that everybody has sort of a different mindset of how they see the world. So there is a place in the world for this type of ideology. Oh yeah. It's just this is type this is the type of film you're gonna want to watch every decade or once ever and never again. This is not... This is the once now. I'm doing this, this again is, for the, the podcast. This is not a speed two, which you want to watch every, every, every month, six, six weeks at the latest. Sandra Bullock in a bikini on a boat. Was it Patrick that, Wilson? Is that his name? I don't know. Lost Boy guy. 
He's the cop. Is he? In you know more about Speed 2 than I do, and I'm the one shilling. <laughs> yes. it's. I'm pretty sure it's Patrick Wilson. He's the big brother in Lost Boys. N- no, that'd be... Uh, Patrick Wilson is the guy from the Conjuring movies. Then Patrick... Oh, you're right. Ooh, I thought it was Patrick. Whatever. It's the Lost Boys. It'd be uh, sh- uh, Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick. That's the guy from The Exorcist, and his son is the guy... Whatever. Either way, he's he's nailing... Sandra Bullock and killing Willem Dafoe. Back when she was life. back back when she was worth nailing before that neo Nazi uh, guy started nailing her. What's his name? Uh, Jesse yeah, James. Jesse James and got and cheated on her too. That's what, just the worst. What fucking balls you got to cheat on Sandra Bullock at the height of her attractiveness? But then she did like <laughs> the White Savior movie with. Um, Oh yeah, the football movie. The football movie, yeah. So like, I'm not defending her acting ability. That's why she she got was she on. was she was in Scream Scream Two. She was in Speed Two. She deserved to be cheated. A lifetime. <laughs> she deserved a lifetime Oscar. Thank you, Yon <laughs> DeBont, for your shaky cam. Oh, man, I I appreciate you remembering. That's one of like two movies that Yon DeBont made. You know, what the other one is Speed. Speed. <laughs> <laughs> one out, hey, 50, hey, one out of two ain't bad. It's still fifty percent success rate. That's true. That's higher than anything that. Um, and he's made some other shit. I almost too. said Wes Anderson, but that's a lie. Wes Anderson makes good movies. All right, this next quote. Okay. There are a lot. There are a lot of Americans I sympathize with very much, but not the government right now. We just do not agree on politics, but. That's not being anti-American. I am critical about a country with a system that allows so many losers. I think that is wrong. He had me until he called everybody losers. Willem Dafoe slept with his hand outside the window. Now there's all these parasites stuck to it. God, every scene in this movie. But what do you think about this quote? Oh, uh, I mean, it's fucking horrible. Fuck you, you Dutchman. Be- Fuck the Dutch. There's two things I can't stand. It's it's racism and intolerance and the Dutch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very tight. Very sexual. <laughs> I'm picturing everything you say him saying as Goldmember from the movie Goldmember in that voice. It's hard to take anything, like, awful coming from that yes, tone of voice. Yes, you Americans are so stupid and so many losers. Yes, yes. All right. This next one. I think I'm going to uh, somewhat agree with, but it's also one of those ones that oh, sort God. of like has has a negative connotation to it, and we'll discuss it as we go along. American studios give money to directors to educate them away from their creative fingerprint, even if that that's the reason they wanted them in the first place. I've avoided that fate by making movies here. You have to fight the urge to do a big action movie. You avoid Batman. The bigger it is, the worse it is. So my first question to you, would you want to see Lars von Trier's Batman? So badly. So badly. Like, I'd, I'd give up three fingers on, on my right hand. As long as I had my index and thumb, I'd be good to see that. But I get what he's saying. Like, take Taika Waititi, great filmmaker. And then he makes Thor, makes Love and Th- Thunder. I, I, I don't dislike either Thor movie he did. The first one's good. I don't like I Love like and Thunder. I like the second one. I love when they're popping out November Rain and the final climactic battle. I was all about that. Yeah, they undercut the villain. They they took away the villain's... We're not here to, to talk shit. But yes, it's because he's right. Like, those studios, they hired these people... 
like Sam Raimi for the second Multiverse, uh, of, Multiverse Madness. of Madness and stuff. But then they put them in the MCU box. You do this. Oh, action scene? We'll handle those. And everything's modular. And he's not wrong. But again, I'd give my right testicle, my favorite testicle, to see a Lars von Trier Batman movie. So let's look at it this way. So we would have, <laughs> we would definitely have Willem Dafoe finally getting to play the Joker. Hell like there, yes. there is no way that would not happen. However, you would have to adapt like the most dour, fucked up version of Batman for it to like really suit his vision. So you you could do like Frank Miller's version of Batman, not not to the stuff that the people Dark like. Return. Not not. Oh not God, are you talking about All Star Batman? <laughs> yeah. So you could have you could have Robin eating rats, and you could have him be like, "I'm the goddamn Batman." What's the uh, the Batman storyline with the Joker like? Uh, cuts off his own face or somebody else's face and he's wearing somebody else's face? That's from the New 52. That's a Scott Snyder uh, era Batman. Uh, which, that would be that Joker. He would take that Joker and put him into that other Batman scenario you're saying. Only it'd be like a baby space he stretches out because it's large. <laughs> okay, you, you made it work. You made it work. There <laughs> we go. I fit, I fit it in. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that... You could, you definitely can't get him to do anything you would want him to no, do. He's always good. Even if he agrees, yes, I'll do this. He'd be like, "Fuck you." We're getting to see time lapse ants, ants eat, eat a eat baby a, chick. This is fucking a baby hawk. Disturbing. Oh, no, they take it. <laughs> Nature man, eating, it's ruthless. Eating their own. Uh, there's a, there's there's probably some subtext there about the probably. cannibalization of the youth and. You know, how you steal their ideals and, you know, and kind of mold them into the... She's saying she's crying because she misses him so much, but all she's talking... The him she's talking about is that Willem Dafoe cock. I well, miss him so much. Her her tears are only to lubricate what she wants. <laughs> oh, God. The, that, I'm be, all I'm, right, anyway, I'm being... I'm being fucked up, but that, that they're very literal... Liquid dra- pouring is the it, best it what it the literally said that. popped up. It literally just said that. Liquid pouring. And that's her crying to fucking lube her vag anyway, for that enormous Let's fantasy. get some more of these quotes. <laughs> all right. All right. This next quote. Forget all the excuses, the childish fashion, fascination, and the embracing humility... For this is my cons- confession, black on white, I, Lars von Trier, am but a simple masturbator of the silver screen. <laughs> oh, I love it. That may be the most honest and accurate yeah. des- depiction, because he's he's not, it's not one of those like, oh, well, you know, I'm... Gynocide is the book she's doing in. Like, there's a, she, I'm sorry, it's Gynocide was like her little scrapbook. Great name. Anyway, yes, no, absolutely. He's like, he's very self-indulgent. Masturbating is all about self-pleasure and self-indulgence. This, during his depression, he's going as hard as he can, as well as he can. There is a, there is a little Icelandic singer chick he did. Bjork. Bjork. He made, he fucked Bjork up for life, doing shit with her. Well, maybe that's for the positive. I mean, you can't... (laughs) You're right. Never mind. I mean, I can't say anything. I can't say anything positively about Bjork. If you can, you're a liar. I mean, she was harmless and inoffensive. Oh, well, that's fair. And then that, he took that's her. Fair. He took harmless and inoffensive Bjork and made her shit disturbing. Yeah, and and the world has benefited from his labor. That's the only time, <laughs> like he's, he's it's been a positive for his audience. 
Anyway. All right. This continue. this next quote comes from a press conference specifically about Antichrist. I am the best film director in the world. <laughs> uh, see, I don't know how much he has in in DP and shot composition. So, I've, but I've seen all his movies. I don't know if he works with a consistent director of photography. I'm fairly certain that like he's the one who is in charge of putting someone else. He's in a charge. Stanley Kubrick and and guides everything to his vision, right? Yes. Okay. Well, then, yes. I mean, he's he's really great, but he's director. He might not even be wrong on that. Storyteller, no. Fuck his stories and his scripts. Okay. I've been waiting for this to come up. This movie is as concrete as some of the things are. This is very abstract. Yes. And I don't have the quote 100%, but I'm going to paraphrase it. This this quote comes from one of my favorite filmmakers and one of your favorite filmmakers, David Lynch. Life is full of abstractions. I don't understand why film can't indulge them as well. It's something yeah. to that effect. So, what he's getting to there is that in life, you have things that you do not have context for, but they still happen around you. Yeah. And I'm going to use a joke that was told by, oh my God, his name's Lewis Black. Okay. And you may be familiar with this joke, but he basically said, in one of his comedy routines, that he heard this woman say, <laughs> yes, I know if, exactly. if not for that horse, I would have not have graduated college or I something. I wouldn't have spent like. that year in college. Exactly. Life is full of things like that. So just because you do not have context for it does not mean that there isn't a reason for it happening. Yes. And so much of this movie, like right now, we're having basically her, you know. Attack him. You're so she, damn arrogant. I mean, she's <laughs> too. It's just the whole, this whole movie. Like, we need, like, when, when do we get to the fun part where, where you we're, had us prepared? We're, we're going to have fun parts later. we we got to get through the mush. We've got to suffer first. This exactly. is Lars. But, my, but the question I want to ask you is that because there are so many abstractions in this movie, because especially as we get to the ending and you have all those women coming down. Yes. Like, does that detract from the movie or does it kind of make it? It makes the vibe. It fits the vibe of this movie. Not all the time should you have, like, an if every movie were an abstract movie and an art house movie, get really tedious and boring. But this is one of those exceptions. This is not a Marvel movie to, like, give you a straight narrative superhero story. This isn't Barbie, which I saw and is great. Um, especially when Ryan Gosling as Ken finds out about patriarchy and is so <laughs> excited. I'm in the seat trying not to die physically to survive that scene. But, no, I mean, it doesn't take from it because it's this particular filmmaker. But for him to say he's the best director, you know, blah, 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 no. Uh, or actually, but, as I said, yes, maybe, but not storyteller. Because sometimes you do want... David Lynch still told a flat-out, straight A to B story with Blue Velvet with his... Um, still working with guys with other guys like Mark Frost, you know. So sometimes maybe you need that person to kind of fill in the gaps of the things yes, that you lack. So exactly. that's my next question. Does Lars von Trier need somebody to be his Mark Frost? Honestly, yeah. 
Uh, but then, then you see something so fucked up, deranged, and amazing as the house that Jack built. That's this serial killer fucked up story that goes into this epic journey walk through out in hell. It's Dexter without the fun. It's Dexter without the fun and and even the the slim moral justification that ends in like Dante's Inferno. That ending is so awesome. I'm like, uh, what the fuck? I, I love how bonkers the ending of that movie goes. Alright, my next this okay. Okay. Promotional consideration aside from this, you might want to separate yourself. Satan. Satan is at the top of the pyramid, by the way. It's not nature, it's Satan. The next statement I'm about to make, we 100% disavow ourselves from. This is a statement that he has made, and we're going to discuss it. Oh, I know the one I think you're about to say. I really wanted to be a Jew, and then I found out I was really a Nazi. You know, because my family was German, which also gave us some pleasure. Hitler did some wrong things, absolutely, but I can see him sitting in his bunker at the end. He's not what you would call a quote-unquote good guy, but I understand much about him, and I sympathize him. All right. There, I'm going to read this next this next one before we comment. I, I want to be surrounded by porn people who love me for what I am, who say, where do you want the erection? Where do you want the penetration? Where, where is it where it's not complicated? So... In two quotes, we have we have found that he feels a, a at least a sympathy for history's greatest monster, monster Adolf Hitler, <laughs> and a comfortability with film's most uh, controversial wing, the pornography industry. You know, I'm offended you connected those two quotes because there's nothing wrong with porn. I'm not. I'm not saying there is, but in his mind, yes. there is a correlation. Is a cor- but no, like, oh my God. Like, yeah, I, I knew that's the quote you were going to pull up. I'd, I'd read that before. The man, he just likes being a provocateur. So, those of you who have seen this, I invite you to go to YouTube if you haven't. The The statement about the Nazi stuff, he made that during a press conference for Melancholia, which that that quote has nothing to do with the movie nope. that he was promoting. Kirsten Dunst, her smile, yes. it very, very subtly turns into like, what the fuck is going on? It's one of the greatest, holy fuck, get me out of here moments ever in a movie. It's like Mike Myers' face when Kanye West was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yes. Yeah, but probably a, a step, even a step further. Because, oh, yeah. Like, uh, Hitler, you know, see, you know, he, he might have done some bad stuff. Jesus he, Christ. I, he I, definitely I, did a lot of record, bad stuff. Hitler did all bad stuff. Well, all of them. nothing positive. Even being so a vegetarian. That. Fuck you, eat some meat. Exactly. If, he'd eat, if he had ate meat and graduated art school, a lot of the hey, problems in the loser. world would never fucking happen. Okay. Okay. I'm going somewhere with this. All right, so, I hope so. So, both Nymphomaniac movies, yep. they've been labeled by some as just straight-up porn, and there are some who uh, are a very small fraction, very small online, who find those movies very sexy. 
Ew, what the fuck? But the They're general meant to be. But the general populace find this is a complete boner killer. And this is the intention that this is a very, very huge turnoff. That being said, I want to do a what if scenario. Oh, this is what I was waiting on. I'm doing I'm doing a shot right now. I'm doing it to you, Brandon. All right, I'll read what I'm gonna do. I want you to pitch me what if Lars von Trier had made an actual porno film. I had to limit myself to five of these. I only did one, and I felt gross after doing mine. But I, over here, I, I had seven more that I'm like, this is going to take too much. Time. Read your first one. I'll read mine, and then I'll and then I want you to do yours to this to hopefully wash away the awfulness of what I came up with. I, I man, I'm, I go hard. My first one is called Debbie Does Depression. <laughs> a girl whose sex drive is killed by her depression meds sells her body to gross older men, all of whom look like her father. She also cuts her thighs. In the end, she dies from malnutrition from forgetting to eat. The closing song is Walking on Sunshine. <laughs> you and I are so far... We Our, our minds are so fucked up. <laughs> Right. But we know Lars von Trier. You could see him doing that. Okay. I want to just, I <coughs> my on, disclaimer. Let me prepare myself. My disclaimer. I do not endorse anything I'm about to say. This is just for stupid fun. So my, my porno film, as directed by Lars von Trier, is called Das Fist. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pornographic film set during the invasion of Poland. It stars Willem Dafoe as an SS officer. And Charlotte Gainsbourg plays a Polish gypsy. It is two hours and 45 minutes of joyless fisting scenes. Willem Willem has to fist women because his penis is too large for conventional sex until, until he meets Charlotte Gainsbourg, who has had her taint separated in a horrific experiment by Shia LaBeouf, who plays the quirky mad scientist Joseph Mengele. With Charlotte's front butt and back pussy one and the same, Willem finds himself able to love her, find love for the very first time, both physically and emotionally. But there's a heartbreak of World War proportions. Despite being a period piece, the film stylistically showcases a contemporary soundtrack by Michael McDonald, featuring such hit songs as You Belong to Me, Minute by Minute, Minute, and I can't believe we're not in love anymore. Can a Nazi and a gypsy find love? Nope. They're savagely run over by the Gestapo in a German tank. The closing credits scroll over their squished bodies as an acoustic ver- rendition of Michael McDonald's Yamo Be There fades in. <laughs> This film was nominated for five AVN awards, including Best Donkey Punch, Sexiest Caping Scene, Biggest Pecker, Most Elaborate Rim Job, and last but certainly not least, Best Cinematography. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Chaos Rage. I'm so sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. Don't be sorry. It's what he would make. That's what he would make. Give me the rest of yours. We're in chapter three, despair right now. Gynocide. (laughs) All right. Portrait of a marriage. A husband and a wife in an unhappy marriage find a new lease on their love life by pecking with a grotesquely oversized strap on and the wife cuckolding the husband by sleeping with butch lesbians while she berates his manhood. They finally seem happy, so they drown their children in the bathtub and commit (laughs) murder-suicide. I'm gonna pass out. 
so sexy. I was so excited for this. All right, my next one. My Brony and Me. The touching, heartfelt story of a man in his quest to build a life-size My My Little Pony sex doll. But it is a trans woman pony doll with a life-size horse penis, and the man dies from intestinal trauma, happy for the first time in his life, singing the My Little Thing song, uh, My Little Pony theme song as he dies. That's, isn't that one of the ways that you can kill a leprechaun? I think we <laughs> that probably. A leprechaun, too. Continue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And the final one is Fuck You Audience. Two hours straight of a homeless man running metal wire and glass into his urethra to the sound of a sitcom laugh track while being watched by a crowd of upper-class men and women, all of whom are smiling too widely, all silent except for the sounds of a crying baby. <clears throat> Quaint. Quaint will <laughs> wearing, their, wearing their monocles. Oh... Oh my God! We are so sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I've been waiting. This is this is my cathartic release of it is the darkness this movie puts into you, and his and my my portrait of a marriage and uh, Debbie does depression. I could see him doing my little brony, probably not, and fuck you, audience, probably not. I started this as a joke just to like lighten up what we're talking about. And after I had wrote what I wrote, I felt so so, I felt so bad. I was like, Jesus Christ! I but this you had is, got into his mindset. I couldn't delete it because I was like, this is the movie he would make. Do you remember that Onion video about like Lars von Trier does these tourist videos? <laughs> and like, there's the one about the man licking a boot and pig, and like this other couple dancing in a club. This is where I was raped, and the guy's like, this is where I raped you. Germany's for lovers, or whatever, Holland's for lovers. Like, we're not off the mark here. God. I hurt, I hurt inside, both Dude, physically and emotionally. I almost passed out when <laughs> All right. Okay. All, all joking aside, where does Antichrist rank in, like, the pantheon of disturbing cinema? Is this my top five does, disturbing? Yeah, let's let's oh. do, we'll do, like, uh, you do your five, I'll do my number five, we'll go back and forth. Oh, my number five is Salo. You know what? So is mine. Samesies, high five. All right, why is Sallow number five? This is so fucked up, but if you watch that for enjoyment, you're a fucking evil prick. Okay, so I have a guy named Trevor who works uh, under me. Is this a Slaughter Von McDowell trilogy guy? You reckon? He, 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 I've, he, he, so he comes in, and he's, you know, and like, to be fair, prior to working here, he'd be like, you know, I've seen Faces of Death. I have the Traces of Death box set. What's some extreme things I can check out? I'm like okay, and the Buckle very up, and the, the very thing first thing that I um, says like go buy the Criterion version of Sallow, and, <laughs> and he started watching it and turned it off. He never even finished it. Good, good friend. That shows good moral character. Like the fact that we have finished it does not speak highly to us. The thing about Sallow is that motherfucker. It's it's about people. It it is a beautifully shot movie. Number one. It's like this. It's like this. But there's people eating shit and forced to eat forced shit. Forced to eat shit. German uh or, or German Jews. And it's not even like in Pink Flamingos where divine eat shit just because it was shocking. This is like uh you're being forced to do it's it. A dinner scene. So there's a fucked. there's a disgusting layer on top of the the situation more so than just doing it because they want to do it. Um, we're, let's do another shot. We're going to do a shot to John Waters because he makes the type of... Bless you, John Waters, for making horrible fucked up shit that doesn't corrupt that, your soul. Yeah, but it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. 
He came to Asheville this past December, and I was super bummed I couldn't go because I yeah. worked. I've never had a chance to meet him before. I did, I did meet Henry Rollins when he was doing his spoken, uh, word. spoken word tour, and he was very nice. But John Waters is a completely different level of personality you want to meet. All right. My number four, I have Audition. Um, Asian cinema is not, like, number one on my list of things that, like, I have, like, dove into throughout the course of my life. However, there are, there are certain movies, like Itchy the Killer and uh, Train to Busan, like, these movies. Sexy that, movies. Sexy movies <laughs> that, are, that are so iconic that, they, 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 that you can't ignore them. Yes. And I saw Audition. And I almost turned it off after like a half an hour because I'm thinking like, what the fuck is this? This is like a, it's almost a romantic yeah, like drama. A, yeah. And the swerve of this movie is so brilliant that basically it's a woman who is like, nope, you're not going to, you're not going to like put you me down. Me like that. I'm, I keep a dude in That's a, a fuck- true feminist movie. <laughs> it is, it is a extreme feminist movie, Go but girl. You, you can definitely... It's like that. Uh, it's, Yas, queen. You, that meme. That meme where it is uh, the mother from Arrested Development, and it's like good for her. Good for her. That's yeah. that's this kind of movie. But that movie is so fucking disturbing. Where she she's like amputating people with piano wire, and she's Speedy doing it. Vomit. That was the worst for me. When God. she pays a dude to puke. I I love audition. It is the perfect level of fucked up for me, where I can watch it and I can still enjoy it as a. Because there's a really good story underneath it, but it is disturbing enough to where your average... Like, my mom would probably be in the crazy house if she saw a movie like this. She would not be able to hand her, handle it. You show her this. I, if, if my mom saw this movie, she would probably uh, jump out of a second-story window. Yeah, she and during a snowstorm. <laughs> she would recreate... She's the, it would, She would regress to the mental state of a child yes. and, and commit suicide to get away from her horrible parents who want to fuck. I don't want to think about my grandparents okay, fucking. But they did a lot because my mother has a lot of fucking brothers is and that sisters. Is grandma? No, this is... Um. This is non... Both of my grandparents... All of my grandparents like to fuck. Let's just put that down. I'm pretty sure that my that my grandmother, my racist grandmother, is a lesbian, and she never came to terms with that, and that's why she's so homophobic and racist, is because she's unable to well, live with herself. But that's her. that's beside the point. Anyway. If only my grandmother had fucking... Uh, uh, you know, lick that taco. Yeah, and uh, scissored with somebody back in like the sixties. You know, maybe she'd be a lot less uh, radical in her beliefs. That's true. What's your My number, number four is the I Spit on Your Grave remake. A movie so fucked up. Me and Brandon are watching it like, oh my god, this is you know, because the original is so over the top and campy. It's it's almost like a sick comedy. <laughs> this is a lot less graphic <laughs> and therefore way more effective. <laughs> And we had to start making the kind of jokes we would never make on Mike, edgelord jokes, yeah. to to relieve ourselves from how fucked up it was. The scene of that movie where they put... Show me your teeth, show you, God damn, that's fucked up. That's one of the few remakes that I think is... It surpasses the original by mile. I won't say that it surpasses it, it but, but it, is the, it, is the, it is a better made version of the original. Yes. It, it is a it, it it in terms of filmmaking, it is a better movie across the board. But there's still things in the original. Joey one. from Nightmare Four just he went really downhill 
It's very upsetting. That he did. Well, I mean, once you have had a woman try to... Uh, Spit tongues at you. I guess you're not <laughs> going to respect women. So, okay. That's logical. <laughs> yeah, we, that's... we forgive you. Number three. By the way, Charlotte Gainsbourg is just, I mean, she Going is... Going to town on that pussy right she... now at the root of the tree. She is flicking that bean like there she's is no tomorrow. She's not flicking that bean. She's, like, she's gaping that hole. Like those are finger that like yeah she's not up there on top she's down there and she's too skinny give that bitch a cheeseburger <laughs> I mean and and this is this right here this is oh one of the God, important the shot this is one of the most important scenes of the film in terms of the iconography of the things yes. that I remember from it because you're about to have her mount her and then you're gonna have Jesus. the camera pull back and it's gonna be them fucking basically. He just slapped the fuck out of her. He's and just it's, slapping the shit out of and her. And that only turns her on more. Sometimes Willem Dafoe's got to slap a bitch. <laughs> but when the camera pulls out and you get to see them at the foot of, or here, yeah. of the foot of the tree, there's probably something here about, like, that fucking is the root of life because it's the, you know, the pulling out and you're seeing, like, the base of the tree and the roots and everything. Uh, I might be incorrect about that, but there, there's definitely something here. It's the root and, of all evil. That you got it. I know I got it. Original, like, I'm not even original sin. Original sin. It's all, it's all about original sin. If only people could just not fuck each other, the um, the the people would die out, and then nature would be perfect. Is that what we're trying to say here? Let's let's do butt stuff from now on, people. No new babies. What's your? You never. You, okay. It's your turn for number three. My number three is Cannibal Holocaust. Um, I've seen Cannibal Holocaust twice in my life, and maybe I've seen it three times. And it's one of those movies that has such a reputation, and it and the reputation earned. is earned because you actually see animals die in that movie, and maybe some Teenage of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I didn't bring a turtle and slaughter it in front of the guy at Frank and Kong. Give me some credit. That's true. I mean the the movies the story. Of the the making of the movie is more interesting it than is, the movie yes. itself, but the fact that this movie has persisted so long because of the controversy that says a lot about it. So even though I'm unwilling to give it like the seal of approval and the thumbs up of like check this out, if you Coward. want to see if you want to see a disturbing movie, yeah, it's probably it's probably going to do something for you. Watch Cannibal Holocaust and not Antichrist. I'll say that easily. I'll say that, yeah. It's disturbing for the shit you see on screen, but it's not something that's going to sink into your soul and, like, take a piece of it. It's it's more visceral up front yes. than, like, mentally exactly. disturbing. All right. What's my, your number three? My number three is a Serbian film. It's very cliche. Can, 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 can we table your discussion? You I, son of a bitch. I have an entire section I want to talk about a Serbian film. I'll that's table your, it. That's your number three. That's my number three. What's your number two? My number two is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm, that was my number six. This movie, it's probably the most well-made in terms of like something that someone could watch from point A to point B to point C. Hey, kids, you like Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy? Have I got a movie for you? Yeah, you're going to love this movie where he unapologetically rapes and murders people. Him and Tom Tolles from The Devil's Rejects you know, and other, yep. and other films. The thing I like about this movie is that it is very, it's very stark, and the the violence is 
not glorified in any no, way. No, it's very, it's very uncinematic. It's very uncinematic. It feels like a documentary. It has an the element... family scene always fucked me up as a kid. Like, when they grab the kid who almost escapes and, like, snap his neck in front of the family, like, legitimately scarred me. And all the stuff with Otis's sister... Well, that's just sexy. <laughs> she had it going on. Because there's a moment where you think that, like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe that um, Yondu from Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is okay. going to treat her right. No. No, in a suitcase no. at the end of the movie. Fuck me. Um, Henry Lee Lucas. I, this is not a movie I would want to watch on repeat, but I could watch it multiple times. So I, I think it's it, it, it does everything you could want. It's both a, a really good cinematic movie. Yes. It's a good movie that was going to challenge your mental state in terms of like what is oh, wait, wait. good and the, bad. The shoes on the wrong feet thing. This is when it starts to delve into like her subtle tortures of that poor kid. Because women are evil. Women are evil. Hate your mothers. <laughs> the Barbie movie's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that movie. You need to see it. The, these flashbacks of just the kid crying. I mean, like, you don't really see anything that's just like... See, if he's a real man, this is the part of the movie where he just starts throwing hands on a bitch. Not in a sexy way like he just was. Well, you know what? Because he's under the influence of the puss. It's it's the perfect level of wet where... <laughs> where and I'm being, I'm being serious here, where it is like... It's enough to slide. Me. It's it's enough to slide in, but it, uh, but okay. But Here's the part in the movie where she, okay, we this is important part. We got to digress. Where she's is this the part where she overpowers him? Dude, I don't know. I've only seen this movie once, but um, there's a point where this movie gets so fucking real and out there. It doesn't get real. It gets out there. Well, it, uh, 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 okay. Here, oh my god. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. So we have and they're fucking again. Okay, this is not the scene I'm thinking of. See, she she's, she's raping, raping she's him. raping him, R- gasping and panting is what the. Gasping and panting. I love, I love you. you. I don't believe you. She doesn't believe you, but he's not stopping her. I mean, all it would take right now is just one solid punch to the jaw, and she's out. Oh no, yeah. That, okay, oh, fuck oh, me, the, Jesus the Christ. To the dick. Okay, so this is a moment uh, okay. in in cinematic history. <laughs> That is going to go down. And yeah, he's out. Good for him. This is going to go down. down. This is going to go down as one of the most realistic scenes in terms of special effects ever done in film. I don't know how they did this. I don't care how to know they They did this. They hired a homeless man and just like cut him out of frame. They really did it. They jacked off a man so hard that he's shooting cum and fucking blood out of his dick. Oh, it's so bad. Anyway, what's okay? Uh, what Henry? No, nope, no, nope, we got we got to stay with like, this. Oh, she's fucking. Oh my god! It off. And, it, and it, that that penis that you're seeing that is that is at least seventy. Oh my god! Oh, it's shooting the blood come. That is seventy five percent less the actual size than than his actual penis. Oh. Brandon, I, I love you, man. I die for you, but don't ever ask me to watch it. Like I would. Honestly, at this point, I think I'd rather do Silo than this. When I watch this I've movie, I've seen Silo twice. When I watch this movie for the first time, and it's going to get worse. This oh, it gets a lot worse. It gets a lot fucking worse. When I watch this movie for first for the first time, I found myself myself at several times like I'm going to turn it off. But every time that I would get close to turning it off, something like this would pique my interest. I'm like, okay, 
Well, they can't go any further than this. So oh, what they she's so do, much can. She's going to bore a hole in his ankle and tie it down. To a grind wheel. To a grind wheel, basically, to make it to where he cannot get away and this is the this is this is not the disturbing. No, we've no. been actually and it's a hand crank. It's not a power drill. Like that, like that's a nice touch. I'll give Lars von Trier that. He he's passed out. You know why he's passed out? Because she jammed a fucking log into his erect dick and then jacked off the blood out of his body. And you know what? To herself. And she's now fucking. She's, she's fingering the hole. That's the sexiest thing in this movie, and that's saying something. <sighs> Jesus fucking. That Christ. doesn't even bother me. We're going to get to the gore that, that bothers some. Oh, God. Okay, read your, 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 your number two. What's your number two? Wait, did I do my number three? You did your number three. Serve him? Okay. Martyrs, the French version. Okay, so... That, that movie is so fucked up because at the end it's so cynical and dour that what these fucked up people were doing was right, but they still don't get the, the catharsis of getting the... Like, yeah, Martyrs. That's another movie where people are being... Captured and, and tortured, and uh, he's got a nice bush, bro. Jesus Christ, he's fucking writhing. And oh my god, I'm so hard right now. His homie. fucking his pubes, just the hint of pubes makes that's it so a much hint. worse. That's a that, that's a full on pube bush. Okay, here's the grind wheel ground through his fucking leg. Oh, I love that the the subtitles say green groans and screaming, groans and screaming. I mean. Okay. Anyway, what's your number two? My number, uh, my number two was Henry Portrait. Oh, okay. What's your killer. number one? My number one is Antichrist. What does mine say, buddy? It says Antichrist. It says Antichrist. Okay. So <laughs> we are on the same page. Let's let's go back, and we're going to talk about your uh, Serbian the film. Serbian number film. Three. Okay. When not long after I watched this, I saw a Serbian film. See, I saw a Serbian film first. And the reason I saw a Serbian film is because one of our mutual friends, which I haven't talked to him in a long time, Josh Jet, Josh, Josh, Josh Jesse. Jesse, I'm a little buzzed, and he was like, "This movie is way worse than Antichrist." So I want us to discuss what what's fucked up about um I've had a Serbian to... film and why this movie still trumps it in your opinion. Okay, why he thought Serbian film was more fucked up was because he didn't sit down and pay attention to this movie when he watched it. He just watched, okay, boring acting scene, boring acting scene, oh, there's some fucking, oh, there's a gore scene, oh, there's a blah, 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 being cut off by scissors later, whatever. But Serbian film, on its surface level, which I still love the POV boner shot when the guy's (laughs) meditating, and you see the camera rise... But when it gets into the gore of it, it's much more visible. Okay, well, let me, let's take a step back. So, for those of you who, who have never seen it, the premise of a Serbian film is that you have a Russian porn actor. A Serbian? Who is sort of down on his luck, and he, and he takes a guaranteed payday, and it ends up being the most fucked up payday of his life. Uh, I gotta stop you, because it's the only scene it doesn't show... Newborn porn. That's how fucked up this movie tries to go. When I'm watching it, and I want to premise this that like my sensibilities are so fucked up. Oh, I died laughing half the movie. The entire movie, I'm like, okay, what is it? What is it about this movie that is so controversial? And I guess the ending as a joke. 
because that's where my mind went to. I'm like, he's going to end up <laughs> fucking this kid. And then when it happened, I laughed. Not because it's not awful. It is it's awful. It's horrible. He's given his son all 12 inches of his hard dick really hard while his brother is fucking his wife. That, in of itself, is fucked up. And I'm not saying that it isn't. But it's ha- so fucked up, it's almost campy. It was so fucked up that, like, it's obvious. Yeah, and he kills a man with his boner. He does. It's so great. As every great American should. If Willem Dafoe would have killed her with his boner in this movie, a lot of, like, 80% of the horror intention would have been erased from my soul. That's why a Serbian film, it's fucked up on the surface. Because after the whole mom, son, husband, fuck orgy, murder party, they go kill themselves, and then a whole other camera crew comes in and to the dead corpses, like, start with the sun, because it's so over the top. It is shot. It's way more over the top than this movie. If Canada were ever to invade America, <laughs> do you know why they wouldn't win? <laughs> because we would fuck their their beta males back into fucking prehistory. America, USA, USA. You can't say it uh, with me. USA, USA. USA. <laughs> So Will uh, Defoe has he's pulled himself back into, into a fo- tree. into the foxhole oh, yeah. under, under the tree, and what does the fox say, "Oh my God, don't cut off your clip." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh my God, okay. I'm so glad I'm drunk right now and not paying attention. So back to we're talking about a Serbian yes. film and Antichrist, Serbian. a Serbian film. It's very surface level. It is fucked up. Super fucked up. Don't get it wrong. Like, he's fucking a bitch doggy style and cuts off her head. You hear the audio tape of what that guy describes as newborn porn. It's super fucked. It's not a movie that I'm not... I'm not saying it's not fucked up. And I but it's, it is the surface. It is surface level. You're supposed to find everything it is, repellent. It's like somebody who took... Like, every fucked up thing they ever thought and put it into a movie. It's almost like a Scooby-Doo episode of Fucked Up. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just that saying, motherfucker really said that while I was taking a shot of vodka. I, I almost died. I didn't mean to say that in, in, in a, a way that would kill you. I'm just saying that, like, this movie is fucked up because it comes from a genuine place. Yes. And that movie comes from a fucked up place because it's someone trying to do something fucked up. This movie is just fucked up. That movie is trying to be fucked up. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's a try-hard movie. It's like, how can we be all super fucked up and edgy? This movie is like, I want to tell the story, and I'm a horrible human be- being because my name is Lars von Trier, <laughs> and I want to hurt and punish the audience. Again, like I said, I recently watched the original Funny Games that and I could go through and describe how many movie tropes it subverts just to say, why do you like this? You're a bad person. It hates you for watching it. It actively hates you. This movie actively hates you for existing. And it may or maybe he's just trying to warn uh, you know, guys with penises like Willem Dafoe to watch out for crazy bitches. Because they're all they all want it. They all want it. That's the only thing that can calm a woman down. <laughs> That's what it, you know, when my wife's upset after a bad day at work, I'm like, Well get into the bedroom, baby. I guess I'll dick you down. You, you, what, you what you need to do I'm gonna is, do that. You, I'm gonna say that for real one day. You need see. a realistic silicone um 
Willem Dafoe mask that you wear. <laughs> that's haunting. Oh my god, that's horrifying. It's that uncanny family. Come can, on, baby. Can you laugh at her as you're fucking her? <laughs> oh my god. I just got fucking chills all for the wrong reason. Okay, oh. let's talk about Willem Dafoe. Uh, you've seen him in like tons of great movies. Uh, obviously, Speed Two, the Speed greatest two, cruise control, cruise man. control, greatest film ever made. Shadow of the Vampire, no jokes aside, like, legitimately a great movie. He's I love he's that movie. so great in that. The Boondock Saints, a movie that I don't love, but it is but he's good in it. I love him in it. Everything else, I appreciate. I liked it. I'm like, okay, that's cute. He's in Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford, who is Indiana Jones in the Indiana Jones and Temple Doom with Dan Aykroyd, who was in Ghostbusters. You just got busted. And don't worry if you don't remember Dan Aykroyd. He's he's a he's a background character. You only hear his voice. They really. they play him the, the shots in wide. It's in wide. He's very he's he's indistinguishable, but he's the guy that gets Indy. Short round and the chick on the plane on the plane that happens to be industries or whatever shipping that uh, but it's technically true. He's nineteen eighty four. That movie won best special effects, beating out Ghostbusters from its Oscar. Onam Shiva, Onam Shiva. Did they rip a heart out of it? No, I I agree. Ghostbusters should have won, but I mean it's not unworthy. Uh, I love Temple of Doom. But no. Brother, it's very problematic nowadays, but chapter four, the three beggars. All three beggars are holes, because that's what she wants fulfilled with the enormous uh, genitalia of our leading actor, Willem Dafoe, who was also in David Lynch's Wild at Heart. To me, when I think about uh, him, aside from his portrayal of Jesus, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Great movie. That's that's the movie I think about because he is so fucking creepy in that movie. The stalking over his face, the stubbed teeth. Oh my god, I love Wild Honestly, Heart. When when I think of when I think Willem Dafoe, there is Spider Man, Green Goblin. There's the there's a, now this movie seared into my brain. But <coughs> the movie I think of the most, which is weird because I've only seen it like twice in my forty two years of life, is his young ass. Bad guy turn in Streets of Fire. Have you seen Streets of Fire? I have. It's basically what Double Dragon and all fighting games basically <laughs> drew their inspiration of. But I remember that character. I don't even remember the movie. I know Michael Pereira or whatever played the, the hero in it. I don't remember the movie that well. I remember him in it. Well, probably his most... At the time, controversial, but one of his most revered roles was as Jesus Christ in The Last Temptation of Christ. Now, the director of this movie, one of the greatest directors of all time, Martin Scorsese, is a Catholic, but Catholics hated this movie because... I remember the controversy when this... I was old enough to remember... I didn't go see this at the theater at the time, but I remember on the news, like, all the picketers and everything, and there was some shit in Morristown because it played at the Capri... And shit like that happened in Morristown. So in this film, Last Temptation of Christ, you have the circumstances in which Jesus is tempted in the desert, and you have the burning bush and all that stuff. But Jesus is portrayed much more human than he, I guess, maybe he has been in yeah. other versions Jesus of film. Jesus to get his dick wet. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, that's, am I wrong? I'm not. So, my question to you, with him, with him being um, Willem Dafoe, having played Jesus, and now having played basically the offshoot of Adam yeah. from the Bible... Um, He's God. You're right. It's well, <laughs> the direction I was going in. But um, is he sort of like the cornerstone of religious portrayals in film, although subverted by subverted to the source material? Yeah, I mean, I could see that he's the corrupted at the three beggars aren't here. She asked, do you want to kill me? And he's like, not yet. And she's like, the three beggars aren't here yet. It's, what it, does that mean? God, Jesus, it's about to get so fucking bad. Yes, the three beggars arrive. Someone must die. God, this whole fucking movie. But now this is when it really kicks up into overdrive. Well, and you know what? As a beta cuck male in this movie, he only has his leg pierced. His hands are free. Willem Dafoe should have choked a bitch. She's down there <laughs> kissing him right now. Or, you know, hugging on him. Choke a bitch. Unscrew the weight from your leg. Be a man. You're enough. <laughs> You're enough, buddy. A crying woman is, is a, a scheming, scheming woman. woman. This movie's philosophy it's is... It's starting to really ramp up right now. Things are about to get so fucking real. And this this is the moment where I'm watching it in the, in the Black Lodge where we are recording right now. Drunk, muted with subtitles. I, but I watched it free and uncumbered from these things. And I'm like, my hand is on the remote to the, you know, the stop button. And I just can't bring myself to do it. So there's something about this that is alluring and, and fucked up at the same time. He likes, he's a beta male who likes being cupped. I'm top G now, so I'm just playing. I'm not going to do any well, of that. Let's, let's talk about our female this lead. This is Andrew, Andrew Tate's favorite movie. So our female lead is Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, God, uh, she was in 21 Grams with Naomi Watts, who was in the third season of Twin Peaks with Ernie Hudson, who was in Ghostbusters. You just got busted again. Uh, she was in uh, Jane Eyre, which was uh, Franco's... Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre, Eyre, doesn't matter. Uh, okay, uh, you know. uh, Franco Zeffirelli's Jane Eyre, Eyre. Yeah. Um, uh, tons of European movies we've never heard of, but she reteams with... Oh, Mars no, 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 we're going to stop. We're going to stop right now because this is, this is it, buddy. This is, this is the clip cut off with the scissors scene. We're going to soak this Look in it. fully. Look at Touch that. Touch it one last time. Willem Dafoe. She. I'm gonna hump your hand. What What do you think the symbolism of this is? Where like she is willingly cutting off her pleasures. She's willing. She's giving into the corruption of the pleasures of the flesh one last time, and then she deems herself unworthy in everything that she's done. Horror. Like she's marked. She doesn't like that she's done what she's done. But here, here you get to see she. And she's crying. She's, she's sobbing. Crying, thinking but, of her child dying. But this is the first that time. that dick was so sweet. But this is the first yes. time that she has cried in in the relation of having seen her child die, but not yes. doing anything about it. So is this the moment where she is rejecting, for God, God forgive me, is she rejecting her the the the, the uh, her is she rejecting her true self to go in the opposite direction? Uh, like I th- I think she in her mind thinks she's done wrong, 
And this is her only parents. God, oh, God damn it. I'm not turning away. Can't fuck, turn away. Fuck. Oh, it's so bad. Jesus Christ. Motherfucker. Oh, oh my God. This is so realistic, too. Oh, it's so oh my God. Oh, my God. Shrieks. Ah, shrieks with the shot of a deer. Oh, God. Okay. So, going back to other exploitative cinema, I don't yeah, know. If, anything if, you I can't, want, buddy. I can't remember if it's Faces of Death or Traces of Death, but the, one of those films has a sequence where it is women in like in Africa who are being having their clits cut off. I don't know either right now, man. Honestly, it's probably Traces. I don't remember that in Faces. Oh my god, I don't know, but it's it's one or the other. And the fact that she's walking around after cutting this off. <sighs> I'm just saying that, like, I'm trying to get into the mindset of why this is happening. Cause she's is she mentally trying to overcome her her physical need for Willem Dafoe dick? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you, but I had to to get out of this mental state. Even though this movie, there are two movies broken, a movie broken into two parts called *Nymphomaniac*. Really, this movie should be called *Nymphomaniac* because that's what we're yeah. seeing right here—a woman who is so engaged in the, the in the beggars, physical pain, pleasure and grief, the physical love make, the physical aspects of physical lovemaking that she's willing to not only let her child die, but because because she's hit rock bottom to stop this is willing to cut off her pleasure center oh, of God. of her clitoris. It's so bad. And it's done so surreally and realistically. Yeah, like it's very <sighs> there's no surreal. It's very hyper realistic. I'm I'm saying that this whole movie is surreal, but this move this moment is is realistic. It's worth there, the whole movie is just just Oh my God. And she cut it off with a pair of scissors. Like dirty scissors, too. And it's hailing now. So we're getting an act of God. That's, that's how I'm yes. presuming or, uh, presuming that the situation is going down. Because he's punishing her for denying the gift of Willem Dafoe Cock. We have, if we have this, okay. this ongoing situation where we have this deer... Uh, it's been through the entire yes. film, and we also have this fox. Do you think that the, the the fox and the deer represent maybe the masculine and the feminine, or are they life and death? Like, what do they represent in this movie? I think life and death, because masculine and feminine doesn't really cut it, because, like, there's a lot of times that Willem Dafoe, it's been centered on the deer symbolism, and uh, you know, and the fox symbolism, because you know, it's it's the warning. Chaos reigns. It's kind of the warning of what's going to happen. And her cutting off her clitoris when the fucking deer pops up, like the feminine gathering. God, oh. So Willem Dafoe just just he just like rammed his elbow down into the boards of the floor, and uh, what was it? Flew up. A bat. A bat flew up. So we're, we're the fox and the deer are in the house right now. And now, then, now he has now a wrench. He's got his wrench. He's gonna, you know, hey, he's gonna, he's going to uh, unwind the threads oh, of this grind this grind wheel that has held him down in hopes that he can escape from his bleeding out spouse who cut off her clit, clit, who's temporarily subdued. Hey, we haven't done a titty tally in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, we hey, stink to kitty. There's titties B and P in this movie. Yeah, true. Well, and being that we have a whole three characters, um, one of them, 
All one, of, one of them shows it all. Actually, one shows it all, and one they had to hire a stunt. Oh, right here she gets oh up, my God. fucks him up with the scissors. You ain't. Get, you should have kept it. Oh God, it's just the legs spread to show her bleeding. This this whole scene is so uh, this bad. is the battle of the sexes. Yeah, this is representative of the struggles of everyday life, and in, in where we do not show, share responsibility. And the problematic and all the men are held that. down by some bullshit. By <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm not a. I'm not a anti women male podcaster. No, we are not. We're at the right age oh to be, God. but we're not. We're better than that. He now has, take it in and cape her fucking head in. We're in getting, this movie. We're getting locked eyes now, where she's having the realization that like he has freed himself, and he's basically making the decision right now either to live in misery. With a woman who will hurt him physically, mentally, and emotionally, or he has to run away. But things are not going to go in his favor because it's all it's all bad. the The women are going to in, inherit the world and this uh, this world of um, the the matriarchy is going to yeah supersede him, and he cannot. Uh, Barbie's ruined the world. <laughs> This movie foretold. This is not what we're saying. This is what he's going through in the movie. He's choking her, and she's grunting. This is crap. Oh, you God. see her pulse pump. Muffled, muffled moan. moan. Where she's enjoying it, but it's also like a fucked up thing. This movie is so disturbing. So, I'm so glad we're close to the end of this. I'm so glad. Like, this is not... Like, even the women I've, I've been with in my life that like choking. Like... After this movie, it's always effective if a chick's been like, like, choke me a little. Yeah, this, this, is, uh, this uh, like, a frame he, of this movie is flashed through my head. She's wanting to be choked for pleasure. He's choking her out so he can get away. Yeah. This is this is the basically the end of their relationship. This They've hit the, the zenith of what they can accomplish together as a couple. And he's like, nope, I'm out, bitch. So you think you're out, bitch? Well, he—I don't think you are. He's look at this. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gonna burn her in the <laughs> tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's all this whole fucking movie. Like, it's so just. So this movie was filmed over the course of. Let me look at my notes here. Seven um, sexy weeks from oh. August twentieth of two thousand eight to September, and. Limited cast. You only have three three actors, and really only two. Yeah, so yeah I was gonna say like there's a toddler they they murdered from the streets, <laughs> and the homeless man whose penis they crushed and jacked off. But you know, as a stand in, the uh, the the person they paid and all the bodies right there is the the fa- anyone. And here's our epilogue. Epilogue. Basically, Willem Dafoe is going to uh, he's he's going to hide himself away until the sunlight. And he's going to be inundated by women singing in Italian, which is the worst thing a man could ever endure. I mean, well, it could be German. Let's be real. It could be like... Well, it's it's specifically in Italian because German is a very consonant-heavy language. Yes. And the fact that this is in Italian, at least it allows some vowels to come in there. So it's it's almost like a, it's like a siren song. Like yes. he's he's aware not to go towards it, but he's he's going to still be repelled by it enough to to stay away. 
But here we have him foraging for berries, I guess. To, you go, to, King. He's done, <laughs> he has to survive uh, enough to get out to, you know, find yeah, they a, didn't do anything to the car. Why did he go to the car? They're far enough away. Well, I mean, he has an injured leg, so it's going to take him a while to get okay, there. Okay, that's true. They did have to park and then hike to get there. I love that certain parts of this movie are in color and certain moments are in black and white. And I, I think that's... Number one, it absolutely is intentional, but these moments where it is black and white, I think this is to show that the the hard line between ideologies, you know, whether you want yeah. to see it as good or bad, it's just it's this contrast of like, this is how you see things, this is how I see things, but Willem Dafoe standing in a brush with light behind him is about to be inundated by just countless women coming out from the darkness of the thicket that is the woods. So this is his everyday life. Do you know what the original ending of this movie no, was? No, I don't. And this is all conjecture. Good. I don't know I don't know this one hundred percent. This is just what from what I've read online. Okay. That the ending of this movie leaked and they and he decided to change it. But the original ending of this movie was going to be essentially the same, but you were going to find out that it wasn't God who created the earth. It was the devil. And the devil's greatest uh, tool was woman. I can see that. I've seen a French uh, new wave artsy film called The Gates of Hell that's all about a woman hiring a gay pro- a gay uh, male sex worker to play with her vagina. And her vagina was The Gates of Hell. Ends. Way less disturbing than this. Way <laughs> less disturbing ends. Okay, well, okay. We made it, people. Jesus Christ. Um, this was not an easy watch. and even, we didn't pay How attention. dare he do that to Andrei Taratovsky? <laughs> he, don't dedicate this movie to somebody. So this is my second official walkthrough. I think my uh, review is going to stay about the same. Don't watch this unless you want your sense of being pushed beyond your normal limits. I'm not to the point where I'm going to go home and hit my wife and put cigarettes out of my stepdaughter and her girlfriend because we were goofing around. We were having a goof. We were having a goofy time. But there were scenes, and not just the gore scenes, that were up on screen that did almost connect me to the visceral reactions I had the first time I watched it. That I'm like, man, that's on silent with subtitles and the shit's still bothering me. I think this was made better by the fact that I was watching it with someone else. Because the first time I watched yeah, this by myself, me too. and I really didn't have this feeling of isolation and, like, I don't know, it was like unsurmountable negativity. And well, we can never live up to the glory that is Willem Dafoe's cop game. I mean, we just can't. And that's a depressing fact to learn on your own. It's, it's depressing, but it's also satisfactory to know that... that Knock on wood, there will never be a woman who will cut off her clitoris and will beat your your erect penis with a slab of wood, jack it off to you, Blum, and yep. uh, try to steal your seed because you uh, they in, in of themselves have killed the killed the child that well, uh, that you've spawned for them. Tormenting before. What if that child? We kind of undersold that. The mom was doing weird, small, cruel things to that child. Yeah, wearing the shoes backwards and just, you know... The crying, like, and seeing it. And again, is it because it's a male child? It's it's a whole thing. Yes, 
because because from her perspective, men are evil, and then and and all she has done is give the male side the perspective that women are evil. So this is a lose lose situation. This is a just a hardcore version of the Barbie movie. Same message told in the Barbie. I'm just playing. It's actually a delight. Okay, has your perspective changed any? No, it's still all bad. I think I'm right there with you. I'm right there. This is not even like I'm. We're joking around, goofing, buzzed, watching this shit, not paying solid attention. I have paid enough attention subconsciously and subliminally that I still feel dirty watching this shit. I'm not playing. This is this is this is Anthony Mefford here. No fat Tony. Like it's genuinely like in my head. Like ooh, just ooh. I'm gonna leave you with this. This is art, but not all art is consumable by the masses. This is only art you want to consume if you are in the right headspace. And even then, I don't know that it's something you want to experience going on. Or apparently if you're abroad, because apparently what he was saying, like the, the, the women out there aren't affected by this. Way to go, Bray. You just you just must be awful. I don't know I'm that just I don't know that she watched this. Bray has to have bad taste because she married Scott. Scott <laughs> only has bad taste. And he she's like way out of his league and seems like a great gal. I only met her really the once at Judas Priest. So something something's gotta be wrong with her. She married him. I'm just playing. All right. We we love you, Scott. We love you, Scott. And I and, like you, Bray. You're and all right. I, and I think this is the one time where we're going to wholeheartedly Good agree. Job, buddy. We're going to agree with the negative reaction by Scott about something, Yay. but also at the same time refute it. This movie is in rarefied air. It is in a situation where it is both the best and worst thing you it's, could possibly it's see. It's literally the only movie I can say that about. It's literally the only movie that is. Because I've seen other really high-concept, well-shot, artsy schlock that just fails at what it's trying to do or is too up its own ass. This does what it's trying to do. It is unredeemable in message, but it's also top quality. Like, I've seen shitty artsy-fartsy movies, you know. Um, But this one does both. It's like it's the only... That negative review you read, it's the perfect movie you'll never recommend to anybody. And people, listen to this podcast. Enjoy us goofing off about it. Don't go on Tubi.com and watch it. Actually, it might be weird to watch it interspersed with commercials. Like, right after the click <laughs> commercial, it goes to like something for like Tide Pods or something. This, I think that might be genius. Our watch-along will not work with Tubi. Uh, because it, won't watch, it, won't, it, won't, it won't line up. But you might save yourself complete insanity. It might be like an airbag in a car wreck. It might save you a little. Just listen ca- to our listen to us, and L- then go to Tubi and watch it with commercials. Watch it with watch. Listen to us and watch it with Tubi, but cut it off when we're done because at that point you're just gonna you're gonna stop past the points of you're gonna see the worst of it, and you'll save yourself from some of the other worst parts. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. All right, we're coming to the end of this movie. Guys, um, we'll I be, love you. We will be back next month. We're going to have some more audio that we recorded at Bride of FrankenCon. We're going to be doing a awesome Q&A thing we did with our good buddy Mixtron. Stay tuned for that. 
And we'll be back with other episodes later on. Got some great stuff coming up in October. We've already recorded the long-awaited Friday the 13th Part 2 retrospective. Yes, finally. So stay tuned for that. Find us on social media at Rants Black Lodge. Please subscribe to the podcast on one of the many platforms we're available on. Stitcher, iTunes, you know, uh, Spotify. Spotify, wherever we're available. Go give us a sub. Check us out on our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. For the love of Cthulhu, go buy a t-shirt, a rant, uh, a rant Army sticker mug. You know, T-shirt, whatever have you. Fat Tony shirt. They're the sexiest. Exactly. From RantArmy.com. Guys, we love you. Keep marching till next time. I'm sorry about all of this. We're so sorry. Keep marching. We're so sorry. Keep marching.